What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Are you ready to go offside? Because it's time for Offside Hockey Talk with your host, James Roberts, and myself, Doug Ireland. Today's show, as always, is brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. For information on how to get your home spray foam insulated, make sure you visit msfi.ca. Douglas, what is going on, my friend? You are fresh off the OJHL All-Star Game. I got to hear about it. What was it like announcing for those amazing players all weekend long? Well, I think the uh, the most amazing it was it was amazing uh, experience. It was amazing uh, opportunity, uh, a, a chance to get you know uh, as much exposure for these kids as possible. It was just it was a great weekend. It went as smoothly as it possibly could go, and it wasn't just the all stars of the OJHL. It was also the the affiliate players, uh, which come from the OMHA, the GTHL uh, Alliance. Uh, you know, a few a few different leagues, but they're all affiliated with players from the OJHL. So some of the young guns that are not really quite full-time OJ players, they spend a lot more time with their, their younger teams. Then we also had the uh, the prospects of the OJHL, which are all first-year players pretty much. Uh, th- that went really, really well uh, as well. Like that was the last game of the day, and that was probably the best game you could have at the end of a long day like that because there was just so much energy from those young players. And then the All-Star game itself, it went really well. It was nice and smooth. It was a really exciting hockey game, back and forth. Lots of big saves, even some hits, which you just don't see in uh, in All-Star games or, or, or showcase games like that too often. So, yeah, all, overall, all it just went really excellent. It was a great experience. It's a 16-mile sports complex, and uh, I'm hoping uh, that I get to do it again next year. It was, uh, it was one of those uh, special events, you know? Well, that's awesome, man. And I know your voice was rocking it all weekend long. We are checking it out on social media, and I dropped the ball. So sorry to everyone that was looking to check out everything Doug was doing. I dropped the ball all weekend long with social media, so I apologize to Doug, and I apologize to everyone who was looking for that. But it was awesome to see you out there. It was awesome to see all those young players, getting a little bit of hyper-focus on them. And, hey, you know what, Doug? There may be bigger things around the corner for each and every one of us which is something I want to get into right now for our podcast and for everything that we do. So we have the great thing. You guys may have heard it today through the prediction season video. We are partnering with the door next door or sorry, the door next door. Jesus, Doug, I can't even talk. Uh, The store next door. They are from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and they are giving us two awesome items to give away throughout the holiday season. And we are going to be doing that by making sure you follow along with Offside Hockey Talk, the store next door, and making sure you like and share this episode with your friends and family because, hey, we would like you to hear this show and we want more people to hear this show. And maybe you doing that might just get you a little piece of something from the store next door. Also, we are proud to announce fresh off of the presses, we are going to be working with Major League Socks leading through the holidays right to New Year's every Saturday in December, we will giving a pair of NHLPA approved Major League socks with your favorite Maple Leaf player on them. It's Mitchie, it's Freddie, it's Austin Matthews, and it's John Tavares. 
That is awesome. Huge shout out to the guys at Major League Socks for linking that up with us. Cannot wait to work with you guys. Huge shout out to the store next door. This is the tip of the iceberg, ladies and gentlemen. I did say we're going to have awesome guests on through the month of December. And hold on to your socks because we definitely are. We'll be announcing guests as they become available so that way we can nail down the times. But guys, this is the offside seizing and giving. This is offside guests, family, friends for the holidays. Doug, what do you think of all that? Uh, I I'm, I'm think I'm the most excited for the, the socks, although... I'm, there's, I think there's uh, some cool leaf stuff on the the store next door. You can visit them at storenextdoor.ca. Um, Major League Socks is uh, majorleaguesocks.com. Make sure you check both those guys out. We're really excited to be working with both of them and give our listeners uh, something back for spending so much time listening to us uh, talk. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you'll feel compelled to to tell some of your friends. And yeah, just it's to me, it just it's uh, something mutually beneficial. It's great for us. Uh, should be great for them as well. So uh, yeah, make sure you uh, you support the the show and uh, support our sponsors. Definitely. Well, now to jump into the. PA store the resistance and that is we talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs on this podcast and Doug since Sheldon Keefe took over Sands was happening on the ice tonight because we will not talk about the Philly game just yet but we are four and one in the Sheldon Keefe era and I know you think a little bit differently than I do on this one I think it's good to see these guys kind of being unhinged let off the chain whatever you want to call it you see Tyson Berry moving on to power play number one when Mitch Marner comes back which is a good look in my opinion, speaking of Mitchie, what's up, buddy? You're coming back. Cannot wait. But I'm looking at this team, and I'm seeing smiles. I'm seeing excitement. And I agree 100% with Steve Dangle that John Tavares became the captain, finally, of the Toronto Maple Leafs when they played that game in Arizona, and Sheldon Keefe was the coach of the team. That's when he assumed to see. If you look at the emotion on this squad, you look at the excitement when he scored that OT goal, it's different. The vibe is different. They're smiling. They're playing. They're excited. They're happy. They want to be there. Doug, what is your thought so far under Sheldon Keefe? Um, so I think this will be his uh, fifth game tonight against Philadelphia, right? Uh, sixth. Sixth game against Philadelphia. So they're... Uh, they're off to a, a good start in his tenure as the Maple Leafs coach. Um, I think that it's still a little bit too early to truly judge uh, what he's going to be like just because they're still riding that momentum of no longer having to play for uh, Babcock, who it seems every day something new and more toxic uh, comes out about him. Um, so I think they're still coming off of that a little bit. Uh, what I think it's going to be really good for is is making evident what changes and specifically which specific players are going to be, need to be changed uh, coming up in the, the second half of the season. Uh, I think I think it's if you can't work under a new system and a new coach, your your future, your days here are numbered. And every game we get a better and better I- idea of who those players might be. Um, so from that perspective... Who do you think are right there? To you, me, you touch- I mean, to people that I'm frustrated with, I'm frustrated with Andreas Janssen. Um even in the game tonight uh, that they're playing against Philadelphia, uh, Matthews set him up on a, just an absolutely beautiful uh, stretch pass, uh, amazing read of the play, and yet he did nothing on the breakaway. Like He went in, he flipped the puck right into the goalie's chest. That is a mismatch of skill. Uh, it's uh, On top of that, uh, he just doesn't seem to have the heart some of these other guys have 
Uh, that's a little bit speculative on my part. But when I see a player continuously turning away from checks, dumping the puck in, not not willing to rough it out at all. Like, you know, there's a difference between self-preservation. Like, you know, if you're a Mitch Marner, you're not going to – and this is the thing. You shouldn't be hitting less than Mitch Marner because Mitch Marner is a high-skill player, and even he'll go out and he'll take a check to make a play. He'll grind up against the, the boards once in a while. Janssen just doesn't seem to do that. So, to me, I'm frustrated with Janssen. I don't know that uh, the Leafs see the same thing that I'm seeing. Uh, I see similar shades of similarities in the way Nylander's game is structured. Um, I don't know if it, this is something that it'll it'll be a good test of Keith going back to Sheldon Keith. It's going to be a good test of Keith to see if he can get more out of these players and uh, and truly change their style of play. One thing that I really like, and again, I'm going back to the game that that's being played. Uh, actually, as we're recording this podcast, is uh, he moves Spezza up to Tavares's line. Uh, I like that. Uh, you know, you you take uh, you take your most experienced center and you put them with uh, your other top center and just that type of stuff is, uh, is, is things that you want to see. You know, we, you're giving Spezza a fair shake on that. I think he's on pace to, to almost double his points from last season. So that's, that's really good. There's lots of little stuff like that that keeps been doing. We're finally seeing the defensive pairings get mixed up and changed up. So I'm, I'm happy with how his, the start has gone. I just don't think that there's anything too super definitive that we're going to be able to draw from this. I think it's going to take half a season. This is part of the disadvantage of bringing a coach in uh, partway through a season, right? Is now you're you're dealing with everything being shook up mid-season, so you really, you're going to need to give him more time than you would have had to have given him if he had just come in right at the start, right? But uh, what are your thoughts? Because uh, I just want to know if I'm if I'm seeing things in these players or if uh, or what or what's going on here, with, especially especially with the uh, Janssen and uh, Nylander. Well, Andreas Janssen, for me, uh, I do have the same frustrations. I do see him crash and bang here and there, but it's not to the level that I want. And I think Sheldon Keefe will be able to get more out of him. I think we're, like you said, taking baby steps into the progression of what Sheldon Keefe wants this team to be. The cohesiveness between the GM and the coach, though, on player personnel is awesome. That's one thing I want to get out there right now. Um, as for William Nylander, William Nylander is what he is. He is a, you know, a goal scorer. He's a dipsy doodle dangle. He he's not a guy that goes and fishes the puck out. But you know, he has great zone entries, as Ian Tulloch will always tell you. And you know, he will score you points. He's on pace for you know record in goals and record in points this year if he keeps it up. So his play doesn't concern me as much. If you're putting up the points, um, the things that concern me was the Austin Matthews giveaway against Buffalo and things like that that concern me. But you look at Sheldon Keefe as a whole and things that he's doing. Another thing I like is he's not afraid to put Tavares out there with Nylander and Matthews, which means he won't be afraid to put Matthews out there with Marner and Tavares. And what did I say earlier in the year, Doug? When you're down a goal or you're pressing for offense, what do you do? You load up and make the old NHL games, you know, the hero line, and try to get them out there and score a goal. And what have I said? What did I say with Craig Button on? And what have I said to you about Tyson Berry? He needs to be played the way that he should have been used all year long, like he was in Colorado. You use him as an offensive threat. You use him where he is strong. You have this guy presumably for one year. You can't do what Babcock was trying to do and make him a defense-first defenseman. You have him for a year. Use the skill set that he already has. You have Morgan Riley under contract for longer. That's why I can see the bump down in the power play. That's why I can see giving Barry more of a rub than Riley because you have Riley already under contract for longer. These are the things that I'm noticing from Mr. Sheldon Keefe. 
and the fact that he has guys that he likes, like Pierre Ingvall and other players that he will bring up, and he seems to lean a little bit on Patan. He did the thing for sure when they were in Colorado. Put him in the lineup so he could score a goal. You know, he didn't know he was going to score, but those things matter. And if you listen to what Babcock has done, you know, about the Chris Chelios going to scratch him at the outdoor game in his home city, you know, all of these little things, you know, it leads back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the season when he sat Spezza for the opening game, which I still think was wrong, but it's all coming out into these things. And now it looks like the same thing. You talk about Tyson Berry didn't want to play him in those positions because it was his way or the freaking highway, which now we can see Babcock's on the highway and these guys are doing it the way they should be doing it all year long. But that's my long winded answer. I think Sheldon Keefe is putting things into place. I like what he did about the practices, about splitting them up and doing the skills drills and doing different skills, you know, practices opposed to just those are things that are learned in summer as Babcock would say, you know, I think it's, it plays into this team well. They're young. They want to have fun. They want to learn new things. They want to learn new skills. And like we said earlier with Jake from Major League Sox, you look at a guy like Spezza, and he's happy to teach these guys about face-offs and happy to teach guys the right way to do things and the right way to be a veteran, much like Patrick Marlowe did last year. So having Spezza in your lineup every night, maybe not. But is he a detriment? No. And on Doug, I'm going to go back on something here, and I'm going to say it because I said at the beginning of the year, that I thought Spezza would be gone. That was under Babcock. This is a new regime. I, it seems that these guys value the veteran players. They value players differently. So I think Spezza will be here for the year now. I will backtrack on what I said. But that was strictly because of Babcock and Babcock not playing him. Also, the other half of this thing, if you look at it with Babcock being gone now, I also backtrack on what I said about Rasmus Sandin. I think Rasmus Sandin will be coming up to the Maple Leafs lineup as soon as they can find a buyer for Cody Ceci or a way to package him out and get him out of the lineup. I do think he is NHL ready and he is just a beast down in the AHL. So that is another one that I'll backtrack because Keefe and Dubas, like I said, are on the same page and they walk in a similar stride from the OHL to the AHL and now to the NHL. It's good to go. good to have cohesion between those two. So I, then that's going to kind of lead into the question I want to ask you is you keep saying cohesion between Dubas and Keefe. So what, I, what I'm looking to see out of Dubas is like, okay, a change has to be made here, right? Like, you know, maybe I think what at the time that we're doing this, they've, they've gone four and one in their last five games. Um, so that's great. Uh, is that sustainable? Is, I think, like I said, I think what that's done, especially this this solid run, is make it evident that we're we're still not perfect. That there is improvements that need to be made to make this a successful playoff team, which is really nice to be back having that kind of conversation again. But I just haven't seen any of that out of Dubis yet. Uh, I was I sat down and I was thinking, you know, what what big deals has he really made here, and who has he really truly been responsible for bringing to Toronto? And to me, the only actual big move that he's made was getting Jake Muzzin basically for a bag of pucks in uh, Carl Grundstrom, Sean Dursey, and uh, the first-round pick from 2019. That's a pretty solid pickup uh, right there. But other than that, there really hasn't been any kind of serious trades or movement. And I, I think I said this even when he first came on board, is that I'm looking for him to make a, a big trade, a big move, and I still think that we need that. So my question to you is you you keep talking about the cohesion. What do you see that is evidence of that cohesion between Keefe and uh, 
and Dubas. Well, I'll go back to a story that I heard about Sheldon Keefe and, and Mr. Kyle Dubas. They have been known to get into absolute yelling matches with each other when they were both dealing in the AHL when Kyle Dubas overse- overseen the uh, the Toronto Marlies. Um, and it was said that was their, their way of dealing with things. They would they could get heated with each other, but understand that it was coming from a place of mutual respect. And the way that they were battling it out was because they both wanted the best for the team. It wasn't that one person wanted one thing and one person wanted another. It was just they were trying to air it out. And just, just things like that. You know, I look at it like um, having a best friend. Have you ever, Doug, have you had an argument with your best friend where you, you have an argument, it's a blowout, and then 20 minutes later you guys are fine? You know, have you ever had that in your life? Yeah, I'm sure everybody has at some point, yeah. So that's what I mean. That Being able to move past things and not linger on them, that's one thing. But also agreeances on players. You see Spets in the lineup more. You see him cycling through guys like Patan, which Babcock kind of gave up on. You see him using guys, again, like Timoshov. And you see him, you know, sure, they give him a chance after chance. Now he's been on waivers and gone. But they're not af- he's not afraid to use the pieces that Dubas has brought in. So that cohesiveness is there where they agree on players. They agree that this guy can fit in the lineup. They agree to try this and try that. You know what I mean? There's things that work and there's things that, that don't. And they're trying to make it work with what they have. Now, you talk about Kyle Dubas and what he's done. Now, trading cap space for John Tavares is a great move. I know it's not a trade per se, but you're trading essentially the space in your cap to get John Tavares. The Jake Muzzin deal was great. The Tyson Berry trade now under Keefe is starting to bear fruits. Um, You look at the depth that he brought in in the offseason, that day where they signed six guys. If you look at those guys down in the AHL right now, they're absolutely lighting it up. Guys like Auberg, guys like Kenny Agostino, those guys are lighting it up down there and are chomping at the bit to get into this Leaf lineup, which means we do have the depth come the time when we can have the Black Aces in our lineup during the playoffs. We have that depth there. So Kyle Dubas went and addressed that, and you don't think that what they're doing right now with the new coach Moore coming in for the Toronto Marlies where he's going to basically shadow Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas to understand how everything works together so that way the fabric is interwoven between the two teams yet again so he's going to shadow him he's not even going to be behind the bench he's just going to shadow you know Sheldon Keefe and, and Kyle Dubas which is another thing that just makes me very excited because that means again everything's going to be working together and again the cohesion goes even further but to talk about what Dubas is going to do and does this team need to improve? Well, yes, any team needs to improve. Um, even the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are floundering right now, would tell you they need to improve. Where do you do that? I don't believe that Cody Cece is the end-all, be-all for this team. I think Cody Cece will be out of this team and packaged out. I think Sandine comes up, but I do think the Leafs may try to go find a stay-at-home defenseman, but... They may also believe what they have down in the AHL is good enough to be able to come up here. You got to remember, you still have Schmaltz down there. You have guys like uh, Marty Marinson. You have guys like, um, I'm just tossing out names here, but Lilligren, Sandine. You have all of these guys available to you at your fingertips. And that's all part of the fabric that these two has woven together now through the OHL, through the AHL, now up to the NHL. So does Kyle Dubas have his fingerprints on a bunch of trades that have you know, shifted this team. 
No. But does Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe have their fingerprints on a lot of the players that are already on this team? Yes. You go through Kapanen. You go through Janssen, Dermott, Hyman, Nylander, um, Justin Hall. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, you can even say, you know, Pierre Ingvall, who's now up, uh, Dmitry Timoshev, Freddie the Goat. All of those players are players that have done things for Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe in the AHL. And even Sandine further left to the OHL. But I'm just saying, they've done so much together already that, to me, I could see the cohesiveness and I could see it working going forward. And just the jovialness from the coach to the GM to the players, everybody seems happy to come and do their freaking job, which is not something we've seen. We talked about the body language on the bench as soon as the goal was scored. You know, it's completely different now. A goal is scored, and these guys want to get back at it and get out there. So, I don't know. There's a lot of changes that have happened, and I, I see a lot of positives, Doug. One thing that I'm going to kind of point out is everybody criticized Babcock. Like, oh, yeah, he won a gold medal because he had, like, such a good set of players, and it's not like he went out and got those players. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna level that same criticism at Sheldon Keefe. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have one of the best uh, scouting operations uh, in the NHL, if not the best. They have the most money to put towards it, certainly. And I think that just, just like, just, I think a lot of it has to do with how good our scouting is. Um, yeah, I, that's straight up. That's so. I'm not, I'm not sold on that line of reasoning for Dubis. But everything else that you said about uh, the organization generally being managed differently and better uh I, I certainly agree with uh i still want to see a move i'm sorry i just i don't i th- i think that there there needs to be a, a change in the uh in the players and i just i shouldn't be like like i said we we said before the the, the coaching change happened that it's going to be really evident which players truly are giving effort and the number of times i still see nylander turning away from plays and like and like you said, calling out uh, Cody CC for just I don't know his head being in the clouds. I'm gonna I almost want to say Jake Gardner syndrome, uh, where he just seems to to go out to lunch. The difference. By is- the way, have you seen Jake Gardner's stats this year? <laughs> boy, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, do we dodge a freaking bullet? Yeah, really. Woo! So many so many people saying that we sh- shouldn't have got rid of him at all. Man, we could really use Jake Gardner. No, no, we he was uh, he's he was never as good as we needed him to be. And that trend has continued. I think he only has about six points this year, and he's like way down in the plus minus. He's, minus 17. <laughs> so, yeah, he, for perspective, he has less points than Jason Spezza does. <laughs> and, Spetz is, and Spetz is on pace, I think, uh, for almost, uh, it'll be like 35 points, I think. He has, uh, yeah, something like that. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm relatively happy with, with uh, those simple moves. Some addition by subtraction, sometimes, right? But I mean, I don't know that I would rather have Cody Cece than Jake Gardner. I, although I don't think that was necessarily the choice that was given to us. I think I'd rather have Gardner than Cece, even so. Well, I mean, you got to look at it like this, okay? It wasn't Gardner for Cece. What we did is we got rid of five years of Nikita Zaitsev. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'll take one year Cody Seedsey if you take five years of Zaitsev. I'll take that all day long. Do I miss a guy like Connor Brown? Yes. But do we have guys in our lineup that are like Brownie? Yeah, Mikheyev uh, wants to say hello. You look at guys like Pierre Ingvall, who's just scratching the surface, in my opinion. So we had lots of players to fit in there and, and you know fill that role from Connor Brown. But, you know, I do agree with you. Like I said, I think there should 
be a move. But I have the weird inkling, the gut feeling that the Toronto Maple Leafs have already spent their first round pick this year in a deep draft. I don't think they want to spend a second or a third round pick in trying to pick up a stay-at-home, bottom pairing defenseman when they have so much in their system and their pipeline already that they probably can use. So, Doug, barring a large trade for an Andreas Janssen or, you know, even flipping Cody CC in a package, I don't... I don't see us going out and getting a guy, unfortunately. I don't see this team making very many moves. Uh, sans the fact that we will be making a move for a backup goaltender. That's about it. Yeah, that's that's basically a necessity at this point. I think they said uh, they're, they're going to give Hutchison one more shot or he deserves one more shot. Um, I can't remember where I read that, but uh, that's, that's... It was all over the internet. I read yeah. the same thing, so you're not far out to lunch there. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. I don't know what your justification is for giving him one more shot, but if you want to give him one more shot, you go right ahead. But if he ends up being the goaltender who lets in another, if you look at his thing, Chris Johnson did it the best. It was like four, five, 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 and six or something like that for goals against. I mean, he you he can, needs you can't win. He needs a game where the team in front of him like plays sixty minutes of hockey. Like, uh, it was but here's the, the thing. Yep, three. You can allow three goals. You yeah. can allow three goals you're and the Leafs will goalie. outscore you that yeah. the Leafs will outscore that problem. But when you're allowing like when the Leafs came back against Chicago and it was four three and they were pressing and he let that weak one in for the fifth goal, that's a save you have to make when your team is pressing. And he, he just doesn't seem to be able to make those saves. He had a great first period against Buffalo. They were up two nothing. And then he collapsed. So, but so did the done. team. But so did the team. They didn't play they didn't like they collapsed in front of him. And then he also like collapsed. There wasn't like. But a, you know what? As a backup a game goaltender, sometimes you guys make the saves. It's, I, I agree. No, saves. I hundred percent agree. But he just we haven't had a game where both him and the Leafs were playing in concert with each other, or even just see. You don't even need him to be in concert. If you have just the Leafs playing really good, and then him giving up weak goals, then you know. And we haven't had that chance. Doug, yet. I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna give you just one thing that I've always thought. Okay, it is hard to play. Okay, now I'm going to say this. It is easier to play with a goalie that you have confidence in behind you yeah. than to play with a goalie that you have no confidence in behind you. 100%. It's, you grip your stick differently. You play differently because you're like, shit, if this goes by me, it's going in the net, and the next thing you know, we're going to be down. So you play differently. They play differently with Freddie in the net because they know Freddie can bail him out and make the saves. If they make a mistake, they know Freddie's there. You know that one where uh, Austin Matthews gave away the puck in front of the net? And it went right through Hutch's five hole, which was open way more than the Grand Canyon's ever been. You know, that is one he should have. That was one where you make that save, you bail your teammate out. Freddie would have had that. That's one save that you have to have. Just once or twice a game, stop one of those goals and stop the bleeding and you get your team back in it. But you know what? I digress. We'll get one more chance for Mr. Hutchinson to come up Hutch in the clutch, but I don't think it's going to happen. I put the poll out on the weekend there, you know, saying should it be Hutchinson, Wool, or Kaskasuo, or make a trade. And a lot of people put the trade option. They named Ryan Miller out of Anaheim. They named Tristan Jari or Casey DeSmith. Uh, There's a bunch of names thrown around. So maybe there may be somebody that we might get. Who knows? Not James Reimer. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody who's listening, not James Reiner. Say it with me. 
not James Reimer. <laughs> That's Let's not going to happen. Reimer. We don't. No, no, we don't want that. That's not happening. Don't say that. We do not want that guy back on our hockey team. Um, we. I want Optimus Rhyme. I want the. You know what? Uh, you know what Optimus uh, Rhyme I want? Hang on. You know what Optimus Rhyme I want? What? When he came up from the ECHL and came into the NHL and went twenty ten and two. That guy's dead, man. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> he's he's gone. You don't know. No, don't I, know. Well, I maybe, mean, this, maybe this team could maybe this team can serve him up some whims, Dougie. Come on, Dougie. Not, where's Dougie positive? We're not, we're not here for this. Is not we're not in Woo! a position to be dealing with uh, hopeful backup goalies. We need someone who is a solid, uh, you know, nine oh one save percentage goalie. That's that's what we need. We don't need, like. I would take that. I would take a guy that's pretty much guaranteed to give up uh, two or three goals a game over Hutch at this point because that's that's all we needed out of Hutch and we're not getting it. Would so. you let Joseph Wool take the net? No. Would you give him a chance? Nope, too young. I'd go I go Kasky Swole before Wool for sure. Well we all know what happened to Kasky Swole. Roos cartoons even made a freaking cartoon about it for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay? We sacrificed that guy. Okay, we threw him to the wolves. I don't know man. Maybe you look at Carter Hart here in Philadelphia. Maybe a young guy wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Maybe uh, it would just, maybe the boys wouldn't want to see him get spanked and they play hard in front of him. Who knows? Young goalies generally just don't work out. It's one of the only thing that's things that's truly stayed constant in the NHL uh, with all the changes is that it takes time to to get your brain up to speed as a goalie and and learn how to read plays. And I just don't. It's just not the right environment for the same reason that I didn't think it was the right environment or time to bring in Dubis or Sheldon Keefe. And even though the, both of those things didn't, in fact, end up happening. It's just with the amount of skill and the window we have uh, with this talent, I don't think it's the time to take chances. I think we need to start playing it safe, and we simply are not doing enough of that. I feel like the backup goalie spot is is a no-brainer in terms of what we need in that position. Like It's really obvious. We need a goalie that's going to give up at most three goals a game. Uh, you know, Occasionally four, occasionally two. That's what we need out of our backup goalie. We don't need friggin' Ryan Miller. We don't need uh, a question mark in James Reimer. You know what I mean? That's like it's to me it's set in stone and it's very attainable. And if honestly, if Dubas can't get it done, I'm gonna like my my opinion on Dubas is gonna start swinging even more in the negative. Uh, if you could classify it as being negative right now, I think I'm more neutral than anything. But yeah, that's that's where I'm coming at with the backup goalie situation at least. Well, hopefully, at least make something of it and get that changed up. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Offside Hockey Talk is going to be a little bit short. Myself, I'm dealing with something. I'm a little under the weather. We just wanted to make sure we got something fun in, a little bit of light fluffiness. We didn't break down any analysis. We just had a little bit of kicking it off, having some fun, shouting out the festive season, all the things that we're going to be doing with the store next door and Major League Sox. Huge shout out to Muskoka Spray Foam. All right, guys, this is Offside for this week. Just a little fun fluffer. Enjoy it because next week we're going to be hitting you hard with Mark Seidel talking about the World Junior Showcase, and we're going to be talking a lot more with Doug J. Ireland about everything going on in the OGHL. Doug, the mic is yours. What? What do you mean the mic's mine? <laughs> it's yours to say goodbye, my friend. Oh. Tell the nice people what you want to say and how you want to say it. Uh, well, I'm going to say that... Uh... 
you know, make sure you visit Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation at msfi.ca. Our thanks to uh, Major League Socks and Store Next Door. I think you just said all of this. What are you throwing to me for at the end of a show, James? You always sign off. What are we doing here? Anyways, folks, thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your ears. Uh, make sure you follow the show because uh, you're not going to be eligible for any of our upcoming contests if you're not following the show. Get your friends to follow. You could win something fun. But that's going to do it for us here from Offside Hockey Talk. Thank you, and have a good night.